because it's been a while since we've done one of these. Can you guys hear me? Chat, am I audio? Do Is there audio? I don't know. I can't. Can you guys hear me now? Sweet, you guys can hear me now. Uh, I know I look super weird, and that is uh, because I haven't used the single player menu in a while. Uh, I'm trying to get, so unfortunately, Wireman uh, got hit with the young, uh, what's I'm gonna call it? The young, can I fix this? Can I even fix this? Hold up, guys, one second. <laughs> uh wireman got hit with the young windows update so you have me uh in the meantime and uh my setup is not really set up for uh hold up i got an idea webcam hmm. there we go all right, guys. Sorry. So I'm going to try to entertain you while Wireman gets his uh, window situation under control. As some of you may or may not know, I'm Amanda Stevens. I do The Neutral, which is an FGC podcast. Season one hit some unfortunateness. Uh, I had some situations happening in my family, and that kind of caused the show to go on hiatus last year. Uh, we rounded up the year with two journalists coming on the show uh for the last two weeks of december but we are back and hopefully on point yeah so i was not prepared to be solo hosting this for a bit so uh hi actually wireman's computer's back so i'll have to solo host this is gonna be great <laughs> i have been saved and delivered uh so one sec Let's see, how do we do this? We gotta deactivate our webcam. Sorry that you guys have to look at a blank screen. Uh, then we gotta call Wireman. We're gonna go to the two-player two screen. Uh, one second. Uh, we gotta make some changes, you know. It wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't be an Amanda Stevens show if there wasn't a bunch of technical difficulties. All right, so. It's not as bad as the time we had Patrick Miller on and we uh, named him Shine for half the episode. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, you know, this time, it, that's not the issue. Uh, how about the two-player screen, huh? Discord? There we go. Here we go. We're... Guys, we're doing stuff and things. I'm so sorry for all the technical difficulties, but I have with me the man behind the Positivity Jam thread. <laughs> that keeps us all informed with the good shit going down in the FGC. I have Wireman with me today. Reason Gaming's very own. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have that badge compared to <laughs> other people. I think a lot of people try harder than me to have that. But uh, yes, Reason Gaming's Wireman. Nice yeah, <laughs> so uh, we're going to start with the... I mean, you've you've watched the show, so you, so you already know what the first question is, which yeah. is... The fuck is a wire man? <laughs> um, I, I, this this came about recently, actually. The whole uh, welcome to twenty twenty. Tell some, tell people things about yourself. Tell them about your mm -hmm. your name and, and things like that. Uh, and I, I tweeted out at the time um, when I told Reasons Captain the story behind why I'm called Wire Man. He said, "Never tell anyone that story again," and I haven't. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
so yeah, uh, I can't actually go into it really. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's... are you it like a, a serial killer? Were you like, did you like piano wire people? Like now you can't chat. You're with me on this, right? He can't be like, oh, I told the the man behind Reason Gaming what my what my handle is, and he said never tell that story. Y'all know that he can't do that. I, I'm loyal to my captain, but uh, a wireman in general is is someone that works on uh, electronics and stuff mm -hmm. like that. My entryway into so in a roundabout way, the the way that I got into the FGC was uh, through uh, SRK's forums and Team mm -hmm. Tech Talk was was kind of I considered myself part of the FGC like then when I wasn't even going to locals and things like that, which I think is, is something we can talk about a little bit as well. But like. Uh, yeah, that was that was where I kind of started out was helping people with uh, fight sticks and, and and just electronics and, and techniques and, and stuff like that when it came to that stuff. Uh, and see, so yeah, Wyman's loosely tied to that, but yeah, mm -hmm. the, the true story Loose, is loosely. So, so, are you saying like, could I get this story as like a Patreon exclusive? <laughs> I'll uh, I'll speak to I'll speak to Undercover. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the deep throat like, edition. <laughs> All right, so like you, so like SNK, uh, SRK forums. Um, what was your first fighting game? Uh, so well, uh, so the first fighting game uh, that I had uh, and that was bought for me was uh, Yaya Kung Fu or Yaya Kung Fu. Oh wow! You... So that's a, a 1985 game. I had that on uh, a British console called the Acorn Electron. Uh, something's called the, well, similar to the BBC Micro. If you played wait, 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 wait! You guys get your own consoles in the UK? We had so many, so in the second and third generations of consoles, we had so many consoles that you guys will have never heard of. We had like the Amstrads and the Sinclairs and, and things like that. There was loads of like old British, they just looked like really boring, like beige colored PCs. Uh, and yeah, uh, so I had the Acorn Electron, which was beige uh, and had uh, a light beige case and then a dark mm -hmm. beige keyboard on it. <laughs> so two kinds of beige. Oh, wow. And, uh, you, you, you played it via cassette, so I've still got it somewhere. I was going to try and take it out for this, but I couldn't find it. Uh, like I said, I'm living in boxes at the moment because I'm still moving it. But um, yeah, I've still got the cassettes. Uh, and I've got a, a Konami cassette. Well, it's actually Imagine software, the publisher, <laughs> but it was made by Konami. Uh, and yeah, you had, to, uh, you had to actually understand a little bit of programming. You had to actually write uh, the, the kind of run commands in, <laughs> in a programming language called BASIC. So you'd get the cassette. And oh then man, BASIC's a throwback. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, you'd get the piece of paper and then you would, uh, like, inside, like, your instruction manual. And on the back of that, it would give you the run commands for your specific machine on how to run these cassettes. And then you would press Either, play and then... Are you, are you like, ancient? Like, like you, <laughs> are you older than you look? I'm 32. Uh, oh, so we're the same age. So, like, yeah. all right, that's, that's fair. Because, like... You're like saying basic and you're saying you have to like put the commands in and I'm getting like Atari flashbacks and I'm like, wait a second. Like this guy is definitely not old <laughs> enough to like have an essentially an Atari as their first console. No, so uh, they will. Uh-oh. He cut out. Chat, am I still here? Okay. Chat. Am I dead? No, you're back now. You're oh, okay. you're frozen in time, but your audio is back. There we go. You're back. Right. Nice one. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So yeah, my dad was a, a teacher. Um, oh. So 
when they threw out the old machines, I would get them. Uh, so that's how I had uh, yeah, BBC Micro and Acorn Electron. And uh, yeah, a, bu a bunch of weird, he uh, taught physics and maths. So I got like uh, uh, weird like oscilloscopes and things like that that I was messing with as a kid. Hence, yeah, that, that's kind of like the origins of Wireman was I was playing all that stuff. Mm -hmm. young that's totally so. chat that's totally the real origin of wireman we all know better this guy's like <laughs> secretly an assassin he piano wires people and that's why reason gaming can't let him tell the stories because whenever one of the clutch enemy opponents goes missing is this dude it's honestly this dude it's gotta be but all right, like, so, guys, if you have to ask, you'll never know. <laughs> As Chad is saying, if uh, I I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. We now know that that's actually true. A hundred percent. That's the story. And we're sticking with it. The man behind the positivity jam is uh, a trained assassin. Uh, so it all right. Out the positivity. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. So you played some hecking obscure fighting game as your first fighting game. Uh, when did you start mashing buttons with other people? Like, what what was the fighting game that you started playing with other cats? Uh, well, so uh, after that, I, I didn't have a console for a really long time, but uh, a lot of my friends did. Uh, I had like my best friend had uh, a SNES and a Mega Drive, so a Genesis for for the Americans. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, he had both, so that meant that I would borrow one every once in a while. So we were playing Street Fighter Two on that. Uh, from quite a young age and uh, uh, both of us had parents that were like working after school hours so mm -hmm. we would go to the arcades here uh, we didn't have Street Fighter in our nearest arcade we had Mortal Kombat and we were one of the first places to get Mortal Kombat 2 and that was quite exciting at the time uh, we, had, uh, we had a cabinet that played Puzzle Fighter which was really weird uh, and then we had a Puzzle Bobble one and stuff like that so competitively there, there was a bunch of stuff around that uh, I live on the coast in the, in the north of England uh, we still got arcades here now, one of the few places that do, but it's not like an arcade arcade. There's not like a, a, a an FGC scene everywhere. Oh. <laughs> it is, yeah, these days it's claw machines and, and penny pushers and things like that, and that's all they've got. But uh, yeah, they still had arcades uh, when I was a kid, so I was quite fortunate in that sense. Nice. I mean, I, I relate to the arcade. Like, we had consoles, but my parents were easily swayed by all the stuff going on in the U.S. that was like anti violent games so yeah. like mortal kombat fell into that realm so the only time i played i think we had it and then my parents took it away like they bought mm. it before there was all the negative press about mortal kombat and then they're <laughs> like they're like wait a second did we buy that game and they like went through my genesis games and like we did buy that game oh, and you had the genesis one so you had yeah the good one with the so we had the good one with the actual yeah. blood and everything <laughs> um and there was like and, like, at first, my parents were like, all right, you can keep this game if you use the settings to, like, turn off all the blood. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Totally. See, look. Gore. Off. And then they'd walk away and I'd be like, pause. Turn it back on. Just playing as Cyrax. You're like, yeah, he's leaking diesel. It's fine. It's just, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, eventually, eventually they, like, caught me. And I was like, so you see what had happened was... Uh, when you turn off the game, it resets the settings. So like, I just, I just forgot to to turn them. I swear. Yeah. And they were like, "No, we good." <laughs> Yoink. And I was like, "All right, goodbye, Mortal Kombat forever." So like, the only time I played Mortal Kombat uh, for you Americans, my closest uh, arcade was a Fuddruckers. It's like a restaurant chain uh, that has that's like burgers and like hot dogs and stuff. And then like, in a lot of the backs of Fuddruckers, there's like depending on, like, how big the Fuddruckers is, is, like, an, a, a fully functioning arcade. So we're talking, like, you know, your pinball machines, your foosball table, 
and then whatever random cabinets they had. So if I wasn't playing Turtles in Time, I was playing Mortal Kombat <laughs> and Virtual Fighter. Uh, so yeah, Virtual Fighter was the first game I bought. Uh, Ooh. We were talk about. Yeah. So uh, the first one, uh, yeah, because the first console I actually had that I wasn't borrowing off other people was the Saturn. Uh, and I was going to get that for, yeah, uh, <laughs> Model 2 I had. And uh, yeah, it, uh, that was still expensive for our family. Uh, so that was like the Christmas present and I wasn't allowed anything else. Uh, <laughs> and that, including games, right? So that was the thing. So uh, my birthday's in November. So I, would, I bought Virtual Fighter mm-hmm. uh, and then I just sat and read the manual for like a straight month until I got the Saturn I could actually play it on. <laughs> I was just obsessed and I was like, I'm gonna learn this game. I knew the names, like I was out it wasn't it wasn't back punches for me, it was twist knuckles and things like that. I you know, because I just remembered everything from the pages. And uh yeah, so I played Virtual Fighter and I took that quite seriously in our household at least. Uh but I was the only person with a Saturn like in my school. Like everyone had a PS one or a uh, what was it at the time? Would that be an N sixty four? It was yeah, so it was the N64 came out shortly after the PS1, yeah. I think. And then, but the GameCube came, I think, the, didn't the GameCube come out like before the PS2? I think there was like an in between moment, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. But uh, so you were a Saturn uh, person. So, like, are you a Sega head? Like, or is it just Sega was like the most convenient? So it was the only thing I could have. Then there was the whole, again, because. Because, uh, like, we're at parents. an age where like console wars were like at their peak. Yeah, you had to pick one. That was the thing. Like, as much as I right, like you, like thought, you knew every kid was like, nah, ride or die Sega, or you'd be like, ride or die Sony. And so, like nowadays, I feel yeah. like kids grow up and they're like, PC, right? Or they have an Xbox because like there's an Xbox in the house, maybe. But like th- those were battle lines drawn when we were kids. Oh, definitely. Yo, this UK internet man, just like he keeps he keeps going robot on me. I want to cross Atari. I'll tell you what, oh, okay. I'll drop a couple of things and see if I can. No, you're fine. I'm, I was reading in the chat in the meantime. You were Atari Jaguar was your first console fandom crush? <laughs> respect. Respect. That's that's definitely a respect moment. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, Virtual Fighter. Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Virtual Fighter, uh, and then yeah, uh, it was Sega from then on. So I had like I was borrowing this this Mega Drive uh, off my mate, and then yeah, Saturn, Dreamcast, and all of the rest of it. And it means that I've missed a bunch of games as well. So like when I picked up Tekken Seven, the last ones I was playing were like the PS One ones and things like that. Uh, Dead or Alive was the same. Like when that stopped on the Dreamcast at Dead or Alive Two, I stopped and then <laughs> like. So wait, so that means you played of... Soul Calibur then. Yeah, yeah. So I played Soul Calibur. I've got I've got a couple of copies of that. Like you you kind of just ended up getting copies of that every time you bought a Dreamcast at one point. So I've got a bunch of copies of, of uh, things like that. Uh, and yeah, I played that at the time. Uh, did get a GameCube eventually, uh, and then played Soul Calibur two on that. And that was a good Soul Calibur. It was good because uh, you could play as Link. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was pretty buff. So that was good. He was me. pretty. I love my favorite thing about Link was the fact that you could use different weapons with him. Right, you could like pick in the menu, like, did you want the hammer, or did you want the boomerang? Like that shit was hype. I I enjoyed that. But I'm a Mitsurugi player, so like you know, yeah. <laughs> every now and then I'd you know dabble with a different character, and then I'd come back to my samurai boy. All right. 
I tried playing six uh, for quite a long time. Uh, I just couldn't get over the, the the clash mechanic. I think ah, I, I don't know. It spoiled it for me. I was like, I, I, yeah. I want to beat people. <laughs> yeah, I had the same problem when uh five, like even when four came out. Uh, cause I, the thing that I liked about Soul Calibur, uh, cause I'm like bad at remembering inputs. So like Soul Calibur always felt great cause it just felt like you were just straight mauling people, right? You were just straight, yeah. it always felt like you were just straight brawling. Like, yes, there's like finesse <laughs> to the game, right? But it, it felt more like you didn't have to know, you know, the ultra combo finish or any of this nonsense. You just, you just pressed your buttons, right? And then for... Four, they were like, oh, man, like, you have armor break. And I was like, oh, guys, I don't know how I feel about this. And then they brought in, like, the clash and, like, the, the movement parries. And I was like, all right, guess this game got way more complicated than, like, <laughs> I want it to be Bamco. Why? <laughs> they brought it back a bit, though. They definitely brought it back with, like, this, obviously, the, the stories back in the, like, yeah. kind of one and two era and stuff like that. and. Yeah, it, it feels like a great game. It is just when you're playing online and you just know that the other person's just mashing to just get you into Clash and you're just like, oh, I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> I just left it. But, uh, so what's like your, what was your first like competitive fighter? Competitive? You know what? It was it was Street Fighter 4. It was actually A2012. So uh, yeah, as much as I was around in the SRK forums, uh, so I can technically say I'm not a, a post 09er, like I've got a pre 09er account and mm -hmm. things like that. Like uh, actually playing and actually competing and stuff, I'm, I'm very much uh, an 09er. So it was, yeah, A2012 was uh, when I, I first started turning up. I was lurking for a long time. I was in London at the time. So I was going along to Meltdown and things like that and just sitting in the back <laughs> for a lot of it. Um, and then, yeah, I gave. Gave Street Fighter Five a good crack as well. I was already going to EGX, which is mm -hmm. obviously now being quite big for the Pro Tour and things. That had uh, quite a big British turnout before the Pro Tour year even mm -hmm. happened. Uh, Unequaled Media were actually already running stuff there from like again from about 2012. So you could actually go along. They had some pretty old school things. They did a something called KO the Pro, where they would just have Ryan Hart on a stage and people would just <laughs> line up and try and beat Ryan Hart, and that was a thing for a while. Uh, and then they did some smaller tournaments where you would win uh, custom fight sticks and things like that. Um, so yeah, before there was an actual like esportsy scene, there was still stuff going on in London at least. Okay, so Street Fighter Four—that's your first competitive game. Now I see for those you guys can't see this, but I can. His Discord picture is of Chun Li. So have you just been? <laughs> have you always been rocking the Chun Li main? Uh, I played Chun-Li in Third Strike, uh, and then I, from the, like, beta in Street Fighter Five, I was mm -hmm. like, she feels, and, it, you know, this doesn't age well, but I was like, she feels Third Strikey, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to play Chun-Li in Five. Uh, she got the big stand heavy punch, and it was still quite a dominant part of it, as, as was back heavy punch and stuff, and I was like, I'll play Chun-Li, and I played Chun-Li for Season 1, which was obviously amazing. And then, uh, and <laughs> and then Season 2 well. came along, and uh, what happened was... Yeah, uh, I stuck with Tony and realized I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And, uh, <laughs> so that was a thing. And uh, but I just I did stick with Tony for season two, though. I've got to say that. So if I'm if you see me going back to Tony now in the new season and people go, eyes, ah, he's just coming back. I played her in season two. I suffered. Okay, so you paid your dues. Yeah, so as much as I went to Mika for a couple of seasons, like I still played Tony in the hard times, and I think I've earned enough stripes that if I pick her up again now, because Mika's lost her, aren't yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Look, I mean, just saying that now. <laughs> yo, I mean, like, 
some of us, you know, wow, Chizopath, you stuck with Ryu. That that must have been hard. That <laughs> So like there are some characters in, in esports that, you know, they have their pinnacle and then like they, they just like fall like two notches down the ring. And then there's season one Ryu, who was at the top of the mountain and then hit every branch on the ugly tree all the way down to the low tier category. And I don't think he's ever really recovered. Like, you can give him a new V-skill and all, and, like, that's cool. Yo, when Daigo doesn't play you anymore, you know that there's a problem. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I, I can still remember it like it was yesterday, but the happiest I've ever seen Daigo was at EGX 2016. Uh, he's just playing casuals against Bonchan, and it was Ryu Nash. Mm-hmm. And both of them were just having the time of their lives, and they were like, they were their characters, and like that was, it was a good year for Nash as well. And uh, yeah, you could just see them like proper, like you, you know, Daigo's seen as quite a stoic person on stage and that, but in casuals and all the rest of it, he was jumping up, he was like staring over a screen, making sure that Bonchan had seen what he was doing with Ryu and things like that, because he could still play as Ryu. And uh, yeah, it is a bit of a shame. I think uh, everyone's experiencing that now with him picking up Kage and going, oh, maybe he's going to be like the evil Ryu. Uh, but yeah, he's, he you know what? Pretty, you can uh, whatever whatever you like feel like Kage is not as good as you thought he was. Just watch Cero Blast stream, and then you can be like, oh, look at these, <laughs> look like watch Cero Blast and Kami stream, and then you can be like, oh my god, this character like mixes fools and does maximum damage, and then you can just pretend that like the rest of the world doesn't exist. It's great. It's fine. You know? Oh yeah, in a bubble, Kage looks amazing, plays amazing, all the rest of it. New V skill seems quite nice for him as well. Actually, he can he can get some plus frames and things like that mm-hmm. that he was struggling with. But yeah, that's it. Then you actually pick him up and try to do anything in neutral, and you go, oh yeah, this is still work. Right? <laughs> we don't have to work in five. We've got we've got things that that prevent that. You know, look, I'm an Abigail player, so like I shouldn't really talk I- shit about anybody's characters. Um, I had a really good whole of season, like, what, end of season two, beginning of season three, and then Capcom caught on, and, uh, you know, life is a little bit hard, so it's fine, you know? Every character, except for Karen, goes through the hard times, and I guess Rasheed. (laughs) Rasheed, too, also doesn't go through the hard times, so, like, every character but, like, two people have gone through the hard times, and you know it's it's fine. It builds character, right? It makes us stronger oh. individuals to to go through the hard times. Because then I, when we I don't know, life's too short now, man. I ain't loyal. I'm 32. I don't need to learn characters anymore. Let me let me play a nice linear character to an easy amount. Like I went with Mika for for Gfinity originally, mm-hmm. but even then, like I always had the feeling that Mika would be okay. She would get the kind of Rashid Karen treatment because every. Every patch, she didn't get buffed, but she just got left alone. And that was like a stealth buff for a couple of seasons. If you didn't touch a character, they kind of moved up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, they, they definitely dealt with it this season as well. Not, not, not too hard, but... I mean, she's still a grappler, and like grapplers don't have rights, so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, a grappler won Cap Cup, so like... Just saying. You know, yeah. all all American finals, but you know, we're whack at fighting games, you know. You <laughs> you Europeans and the Japanese are all like, oh man, America sucks. And then like we win a cap cup and you guys are like, mm, cause you played a grappler, and it's like, I mean, y'all could have played grapplers too. 
Oh uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hold that for a year. It's all right. We'll I mean, how many Capcom Cups does 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 Europe have? How many Capcom Cups? Yeah. I mean, how many Evos does Europe have? Is there, is there oh, ow! That was. I I knew what, chat. I knew I was playing with fire when I when I started that. <laughs> um, I just hope that Wireman with his positivity jam wouldn't wouldn't go for the low blow, but I was incorrect. You know, but I do have to say, I maintain the balance. (laughs) I do have to say that, like, uh, I know that, like, you're from England and Europe is not a country, and I shouldn't talk about it like it's one scene, but but it essentially is. Uh, Y'all been y'all been coming out lately? Like, first first it was the Great White Hope. Wait, he's not white. First it was the Great Hope of Problem X, but like slowly creeping in is all these other people, like Infectious. You got him. I mean, like, Infectious has always been scary, and I think he's he's been uh, he, he's had the uh, oral treatment. He's had one arm tied behind his back for a while with university and stuff. And now that he's graduated and he's got a good sponsor under him and things like that, that's it. He's just unleashed, and I think we'll we'll see amazing things from him. Who's a uh, UK player? Who's a so here's a question. Here's a UK player that's like y'all's idom, where like the second he gets to travel, it's over for the world. <laughs> I think uh, the, the ones that are getting slept on, and I'm sure they're in the chat right now anyway, uh, is uh, is the Scottish FGC. And I've said that for, you know, a little while now. They've, they've got a lot of scary players that do travel to, like, locals and things like that, but they, they might not get seen on stream so much. Uh, so you've got, like, uh, you've got Nort up there, who's a Urian player, who's always just been terrifying. No one ever knows what he's thinking. You've got Sully from the, the Glasgow scene. Um, and Soundboy is the, the one that we're all talking about at the moment, who's a, a Cody main who uh, dominates the North in a lot of ways. He goes to all the locals. He goes to Edinburgh, Aberdeen, Glasgow, Newcastle, where I'm from. Uh, and he just, just takes just takes every single scene, basically. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's looking at a, a terror domination early this year. I think January and March, he wants to hit every local in the North, basically. Uh, so, yeah, watch out for him. Um, I don't know. I don't know if... Many people know him outside of the UK. He's been on uh, stream for a couple of things. Um, he was at uh, versus fight and things like that. I think made top thirty-two. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, chat just said not doesn't even know what he's thinking. <laughs> That's the that is the point though. You see, especially as a Urian, <laughs> just doing walk up headbutts on people. And it's like how what and yeah, you're already gone at that point. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that I love about, one, doing this show, and two, just, like, how vast esports and the FGC is, is that, like, you know, you get tricked into thinking that the people who regularly top 32 are, like, the only good players in the world, and then you have, like, I mean, Idom wasn't, like, the best-kept secret, because he still showed up to any U.S. premiere, but, like, if you didn't follow just the U.S. premieres, right, he would get, he would get lost in the shuffle, right, because... There's mm. more premieres than just NA. Uh, or, like, you know, that's why everybody likes the Arsenal Nash story, right? It's like, holy shit, where did this guy come from? Oh, wait, there's this whole FGC scene that, like, nobody's ever heard of, right? Oh, yeah. And I think that I that's... Think with Idom, wasn't hmm? it, like, um, like, even, like, the owner of NLBC and stuff was like, you need to travel, and, like, everyone was telling him. And he was oh, yeah, he's stupid. He's stupid, kid. So... <laughs> This might not be relevant to, to you EU people, because I don't know, like, if you guys had Hey, hey Arnold. I'm not trying to be racist. I'm not trying to, like, assume that you guys are, like, backwater or anything, but, like, TV shows are weird. 
But like you, you, you guys know who Stoop Kid is, right? From Hey Arnold, the kid that like was afraid to leave his stoop, and then Arnold uh, gets him to come off the stoop, and then he starts. He's like, now I can harass people not only on my stoop, but off my stoop, and that was Idom. Like we, like as a the the New York scene, like tried really hard to get him to just like stop being an online warrior and like come out to NLBC. And then he was whooping people's ass at NLBC, and everybody was like, yo, my dude, you need to, like, you need to travel. And he was like, I mean, do I have to leave the country? And we're like, I mean, if you want to qualify. And he was like, nah, watch me. And he was right, watch him. He, he qualified without <laughs> without leaving the country, except for going to, like, first attack, which, like, Puerto Rico is is not really, not really leaving the country. Uh, but, like, yeah, I mean, like, it's... I, I want to see more stoop kids. I'm hoping that like this this world warrior challenge system that they've got now that's replacing the ranking system. I'm hoping that that somehow allows for more stoop kid stories. Yeah, if that's anything close to the Tekken dojo system, I think we'll see stuff like that come through for sure. I think uh, like you were saying there, like Europe's one scene. I think one of the strengths that Europe actually has is. Uh, we are super granular when you actually look at Europe. It breaks down in a bunch of different ways. So you've got like the Europe scene and then there's the UK scene, but then the mm-hmm. UK scene breaks down into the Scotland scene and the London scene. Uh, and, and then there's some stuff in the middle as well. So like uh, where we are in Newcastle, we interact with like the Yorkshire scenes, but we mm-hmm. also interact with the Scotland scenes and stuff. So there's like loads of these little bits that we've got. Uh, we actually do something once a year or once every other year called rival scenes here, where you actually get all of the different scenes all kind of rain into to York. Oh uh, wow! Each other. Um, that sounds sick. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's normally in the winter, I think. So we uh, we kind of I think we missed it this year. There's going to be one uh, sometime October or December at the end of the year. If you watch the the last one that we did, it was it was super hype. Um, yeah, had people from everywhere just making like yeah Newcastle versus Glasgow and things like that. It was really good. Uh, so we've got that going on. So there is this like huge competitiveness but there's also we are still seen as europe so we behave like that as well when we're together and help each other out you know yeah i mean it's it's super weird because like i hate i hate clumping like a whole continent as one region because like that doesn't sound right but the thing is like when i when i see when i'm at an fgc event you know you see you see the japanese and there's there's usually like three core groups of the japanese right like there's the itazan's crew which is, like, him and Goichi and, like, Mochi and, like, you know, a bunch of those guys. And then you see the people that are around Daigo, which is, like, Daigo and Bonchan and Fudo. And then there's, like, the other Japanese players and they kind of huddle up. And then Europe is pretty Europe strong. Like, yeah, Problem X will, like, you know, play with, like, Do or, like, some other people. But for the most part, every time I'm at an event, it's, like, Luffy, uh, Problem, uh, the Two Birds uh phenom like they all seem to like huddle up and and chill out and i know that like it's not because like oh man like the americans are whack or oh you know the koreans or the japanese are whack (laughs) it's just like who you who you training partner with so it's kind of it's kind of easy for me to section off europe as just like one one scene because it doesn't seem like that many of you cats travel which you know it's because of how money works Oh yeah, I, I think this year we might not have a choice, depending on how, on how the uh, the World Warrior system works. But yeah, uh, I think I'm, a lot of people are already preparing. 
I'm not a fan. Like, we were talking about this before this show started, but I've kind of, I felt this way when the announcement happened that the fact that you guys went from one premiere, from two premieres to one is kind of whack. The fact that we have no idea what's going on, like, there's no ranking system, so I shouldn't call it the ranking system, but the fact that the ranking system's gone took away, like, a buttload of events from you guys. Mm. Oh, yeah. We, we, were, we were kind of spoiled, and I think we knew that we had a good thing in, in the UK, at least, because we had either two in Birmingham and one in London, or, or two in London, one in Birmingham, and things like that. Uh, and it was really good. And, yeah, two of them were premiers. So, yeah, you could scoop points quite comfortably here. We had Ireland not too far away with Celtic yeah. Throwdown, which is a really good event. So it's close enough, and it's such a good event that it's worth traveling out to. Um, most, there's not a ranking system anymore. Uh, regional ranking tournaments are just gone. There's there's still like a ranking like a like a world leaderboard, but ranking events were for your regional points, and the regional system is a hundred percent gone. So there's no more ranking events whatsoever. It's like majors and minor majors now. It's isn't it, it's now premieres, super premieres. Uh, I I've been told by my sources at Capcom, uh, super premieres are gone. No, the the ranking. Rank, no, ranking events don't exist. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. There is no such thing as a ranking event. I think they're still called that. No, it, it's uh, it's it's premieres uh, in the World Warrior Challenge. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll I'll like double check, but I'm like pretty sure because I like was talking to Michael Martin when he was still at the thing that like the whole structuring is like very different now. There was then two screenshots. There was like a blue one and a red one, and the blue yeah, one was and premieres. The and then the other one was uh, the World Warrior Challenge, which uh, right. is oh ranking map. Let's look. Oh, so this is so that was the thing. when did this come out? Because this is very different than the announcement they made. Because this, this is calling it rankings point. provide more opportunities for re regional players to participate. So this was just after Capcom Cup. This got tweeted out. Uh, huh. Those pictures. <clears throat> but even then, the variety is is way down. Like yeah, on, on yeah, yeah, yeah. Season. It's definitely not what it used to be, right? Like, even for me, we had a couple of ranking events in the Northeast that just don't exist. Right. I mean, like defend the North lost. Like it's not a ranking event. Or whatever it's called now. Um, uh, EGX is really confusing for us because that's like a EGX anyway is like a big yeah uh, event here for like all gaming, not just for the FGC. But the fight zone is like quite a big centerpiece to it. It's got like a it's always the last place to shut down on the last day and things like that. People are always like coming in and out of it that aren't even there for that. It's such a big thing. It's a big selling point to EGX on their website and stuff. Uh, so I don't know what's happening with that one at all. Um, so we only have 13 stuff. ranking events, mm -hmm. which is a stark cliff fall from last year. And they're broken into half, so presumably around the Olympics. Or, or yeah. Ooh, actually, speaking of the Olympics, since you know, you're kind of super involved in the English scene, who do you think your team is going to be? Like, is it problem infectious and, like, some other guy they pull off the sidewalk? I mean, it wouldn't even need to be sidewalk. We've got <laughs> some good stuff, man. Like, I, I'm always going to play that. But, like, no, we really do. Uh, and if Do you, you, if you, do you honestly think, though, that it's probably going to be, like, definitely infectious and problem X? 
Well, the concern there, I would say, uh, just, just from my own experience, is if it's online qualifiers that gets those people into those slots, mm -hmm. uh, we get a different turnout. We do get a different turnout. If you look at the, the CPT online stuff that we did, it's really frustrating. Ooh, Hurricane uh, would be dope. Yeah, Hurricane would be a sick one. I think Brian would be a good one. That's yeah. Oh, I keep forgetting that it's a it's an online qualifier, which I'm not... I'm not a big fan of. I wish it was being done the way Overwatch League does it. Yeah. Where, like, you get... Where, like, uh, you vote... So, for those of you who don't follow other... Um, he's not a UK citizen. Whack. Um, so, the way Overwatch does it is that uh, their regions vote uh, a manager, and then the manager makes the team. Yeah. Uh because the thing is, like, funny shit can happen online. And I could just imagine, like, the shenanigans that could happen to, like, the U.S. team. Where, like, our team is, like, Hawaiian shirt man, fucking uh, FGC Jesus and, like, Tampa Bison, right? Like, that that would be, like, the worst case scenario for us. Uh, we've, we've got, I, I won't say them, but we've got equivalent memes in the U.K. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, you guys could yeah, end yeah. up with, like... <laughs> Like, the, my, big, my big problem with online is, like I said, like, one, the netcode is, like, not great. The new PC netcode I hear is, like, mm. better, but, like, it's still not great. And so, like, because, like, my ideal North American team, right, would be, like, I mean, US team would be, like, IDOM, Do, and Punk, right? Like, that, that's a team that just, that, like, actually has a chance of, like, meddling at the Olympics. But, like, if it's some other combination of players... Like, yeah, I mean, the stakes are a bit higher now compared to, like, the CPT online tournaments, but we saw pro players, like, queuing up in the CPT online and going, you know what, this isn't going to be good, uh, and then just not taking part. And when you've got that pull of, like, loads of players and anyone can, can be in, everybody signs up. And if it's free to sign up and all the rest of it for these online tournaments, loads of people then don't turn up as well. So you get loads of buys in the early on bits and things like that. And I just be, feel like you know, it, it could affect the quality, like... Like, granted, like, for some Olympic teams, like, especially in, like, Taekwondo and stuff, it's, like, it's, like, determined by, like, a tournament and then, like, your national ranking. But, yeah. like, it's not like we just, like, pull people off the street, right? Like, Taekwondo doesn't, like, reach out, like, white belts, right, don't go compete at, like, the nationals to, to make that the team. You're onto something here, though. Let's just have, like, a King of Iron Fist-style qualifier for the martial arts side of things as well and just see how that goes. <laughs> you wouldn't do it, would you? It, it wouldn't no, right? Like, 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 don't get me wrong. And this isn't to, like, like because I know, like, 801 Strider and, and like, IDOM come from that, like, online warrior background. So, like, I'm not trying to, like, discount online warriors. Like, you guys are good. But, like, this is the Olympics, fam. I want, like, my best team, like... Uh, I have German heritage, so, like, when it comes to the World Cup, I'm, like, Germany ride or die. Like, jersey, scarf, like, we, we in it to win it. Like, I get very competitive about this shit. So, like, I don't want my team to, like, not be the highest caliber I think it can be. Yeah, I mean, we, we yeah, same thing. We've had really strong uh, online people here. Like, Broski was an, an online fan, mm -hmm. and that was, like, massive for him. Like, even... Uh, although I'm, I'm not uh, a strong competitive player by any means. Like, I wouldn't have got my moment in the spotlight or anything like that if it wasn't for online tournaments and stuff. So as much as I can talk shit about them, you know, like they, they, they do produce uh, a different type of person.
um, that, that isn't necessarily going to be able to get out the tournaments and isn't already sponsored and things like that. So there is some good stuff there. But yeah, you don't need that Cinderella story for the Olympics. Like there's yeah. Cinderella stories that can happen in the Olympics anyway. Like, Cinderella story should be that country, right? Like it shouldn't be like your team shouldn't be a team of Cinderella's. Like that's right. Like a cool Cinderella story is like the U.S. beating Japan in like groups yeah. in like group play, or you know England beating south korea or something like if Tekken was a thing right like england beating south korea in group play like that's the cinderella story i feel like when people watch things like the world cup or or the olympics you don't want to hear about the cinderella person on your team you you want your team to have the cinderella upset and i mean like and like i said like i think we both agree that like we're not discounting online warriors but like if you could handpick your UK team, it wouldn't be made up of three online warriors. That, that's it. We've got proven really good players. <laughs> yeah. And we want to see proven really good players go out there. So yeah. Yo, would you would uh, you would you pull in Ryan Hart? <laughs> I mean, would you draft him as, in? Uh, as the German on the podcast, are we allowed to are we allowed to have him back? Because that's the. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Out in Cologne now, isn't he? I don't know. I don't know if they've claimed him, but uh, yeah. <laughs> England will never beat South Korea in Tekken, lol. But I get what you mean. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yo, what if England secretly the new Pakistan? Hey, can we claim the Phantom? He's been living in the UK long enough. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I mean, but that's the thing, right? I feel like the cool thing about fighting games, and it's something that I don't think I see enough in the other esports that I cover. Like, I'm I'm fighting game born and raised, but, like, a lot of people that work in esports, like, we, we had to pay our dues doing other things before we could start doing fighting games. Like, I paid my dues two years covering League of Legends before I got to do fighting game content. Um, is that, like, I don't see these, like, people coming out of left field. Like, you... Because of the way competitive league works like you can kind of see somebody being on the rise uh whereas like the cool thing about fighting games is you could just not know right you could just straight up not know that there's some like demon who just doesn't go to events and the only people that know about him are like his friends or like he's the dude that comes to the local like three times a year and he like cleans house and then he he vanishes into the sunset again and, like, that's the cool thing I have. That's, like, the cool thing about, like, fighting games, I think. So that's why whenever someone's like, oh, I could never see, like, Team England beat, like, South Korea and Tekken. It's like, you know, there's some demon probably somewhere. <laughs> but I, I, I honestly feel that way. I honestly feel, like, that ab- that way about fighting games that you just don't, like, how many of y'all knew who Idom was, like, two years ago, right? Nope. Like, there wouldn't be anybody that would, anybody who wasn't from New York or an online player would not have known who Idom was. But like the people who did know was like, yo, if this kid traveled, he'd be he be fire. So there could be a dude. There could be like a bunch of dudes on on Tekken Netplay who are like who like, you know, Arslan like played once and was like, fuck, what is this shit? What is this straight Ungamunga nonsense that's beating me? I love how that's already the narrative is who's the next Pakistan. It's like, it's not even been a year. Like, let, let Pakistan sit for a bit. Well, for, for a bit, it was like the Dominican... Oh, sorry, I messed up. Uh, for a bit, it was the like the DR, right? Like when... um When... uh Why is it escaping my brain? Mena. Mena. When Mena, like, beat... Like, it wasn't... Granted, Mena wasn't somebody people hadn't heard of. Like, if you were paying attention that CPT year, Mena was, like, taking names... 
and like top 16ing a lot of events and like he was going out somewhat regularly to Wednesday night fights and using that as his home base when he was like like mainland so like men is probably not the greatest example but then like when Ma- meta came out then kaba came out right and everyone was like yeah ooh maybe the dr is strong so like first it was the dr and now it's pakistan but what was interesting about pakistan was did you see that ultra david tweet tweet that he put out where he was like you know back in like the early 2000s one of his friends said that like pakistani tekken were the true tekken gods and ultra david kind of laughed it off and then like oh, yeah now he's like i guess i was i was wrong <laughs> oh we, we had that as well in, in london like the, there's uh, quite a big uh, pakistani scene and they were all saying that as well and as soon as it happened they were like yeah we told you that this, <laughs> this was just yeah and like the chat's even saying like <laughs> peru it's like you don't it's just like because of the way because like so I would say the only like super visible downside of the FGC becoming more esports is the fact that, you know, now you need a visa for a lot of these tournaments because there's so much money involved. Like before you're winning like 200 bucks, you don't really have to say you're like going like the whole prize pot was maybe a thousand dollars. So like you didn't have to announce that you were like on a business trip. But like even if you're if you're traveling for a prize pot, that's like 15 K. You you gotta tell them what you coming into the country for because you're 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 bringing back like five thousand dollars, and that's kind of hurt a lot of these smaller scenes that are in countries that don't have very good visa relations with some of these major countries. So it's kept a lot of these big like these these like big sleeper scenes sleeper right. Like Arsenal needed a lot of help to to do what he did this year. Right. Oh, yeah. If if he didn't have if he didn't have Sherry Jennings and a bunch of people helping him out, there is no Arsenal last story. Right. Doesn't matter how good he is. Doesn't matter how good Pakistani Tekken is. Right. You just wouldn't have that story. And so like, I like we like it's 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 interesting to me that the the biggest drawback I think a lot of people don't talk about with FGC becoming more esports is. You kind of you kind of closing off some windows for some of these like Middle Eastern scenes. Oh yeah, I mean that's the other thing is that those, you can tell that those scenes uh, really want it as well because as soon as they do get like one foot through the door, they're like immediately paying it forward. So like Mena's immediately paying it forward to Kaba. Soon as after and then Kaba came going, through, he like was people were like, oh man, like he's a friend of Mena's, but how good he is is he? And then yeah. he was wrecking people on his guile, and people were like, oh. It wasn't just Mena. Maybe maybe the uh, DR is a scene. We've got it, obviously, with our honorary Europeans. We've got the Birds uh, as well. And, yeah, as soon as, as as soon as Big Bird was doing well, Angry Bird is there as well with him. And, you know, like, stuff like that's always happening as well. So these people know that they're strong, and they know that they've got strong people around them. Uh, and they always bring them with them, which is quite cool. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The Latin American scene has always been interesting to me, too, because uh, I talked to Kane Blue River once at an Evo. That was probably one of my one of my favorite interviews that year because he said that, like, one of the problems about being from, like, Latin America is that because of how terrible wages are, a lot of people become disincentivized to become good because if you become good enough, you eventually want to go to a premiere but when a plane ticket is your entire is like half of your year's salary, like why would you do that? Like why would you fly? Yeah. So like you, it, it creates like a cap 
on your region, right? Because, like, you know that you can't leave. So, like, why... Like, who wants to be the biggest dude that nobody's ever heard of, right? Because, like, when you're competitive, you're hungry. You want everybody to know your name, right? Oh, yeah. And so, if, like, you can only be the best guy in, you know, Brazil. Like, Brazil's a big country, but, like, that's still just Brazil. So, I I, I really hope the World, World Warrior Challenge does some stuff for some people. But, like, yo, expect, like... I know Harada and, you know, whoever the new Michael Martin is at Capcom Esports, like, y'all don't watch my show, but, like, yo, put Premiere someplace. Just, like, <laughs> just, like, try. Like, hi- like hire Hado, right, to, like, fly out to, to you know, Colombia to, like, run an event, right? Like, give, give these places, uh, give these places, you know, a chance. And... Oh, yeah. And like, let- uh... With the with with the the thread that I do every Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Like I started, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for positive things to, to put up, and it's it's not just positive things. It is like it's got to be community based. Mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of little kind of rules that I keep in the background for that stuff. But uh, just yeah, through looking for that kind of stuff, you find interesting things. And I found a couple of like African tournaments that were going really really well, and I, I put them into the thread. Uh, and from that point on, like all the time now, I get tagged in loads of African events. And they're a scene that has never been incentivized to go to any of these kind of big mecha tournaments like Evo and things like that. But they still do, and they still turn up, uh, and they still have a really strong, thriving scene. So it's a bit weird there, because they probably have the same problem there as, as some of the Latin countries do. Yeah. But it's not really stopped them, actually. Like, they're, they're still going hard all the time. Yeah, it's a weird... It's but I don't. I think it's just, like... I don't know how to go about it, because I... I, I I, I'm not from there, right? Uh, because I have met African players. One of my my first Evo 2016, I was just hungry to do content, so I was like almost talking to anybody that looked like they were wearing like a semi legit jersey. Um, like I knew who pros were, but I was like, I know I'm not gonna only be able to like do pros, so like I gotta try to do other stories. And I ran into a team that was of South African players, mm. and they're like, yeah, you know, we pulled money together, we flew out, uh, you know, we're in a bunch of different games. And, like, that shit's so cool to me, right? That, like, like as much as, like, we kind of start talking shit about Evo now, because, like, Mr. Wizard is a is an interesting chap, but, like, it is an opportunity for some of these scenes to, you know, like, send their champions, right? You know, send their six dudes to, like, wage, wage battle and hopefully, you know, do what... I mean, it's, like, I... I I mean, there's no other way to say it, right? Like, a whole community, like, for, for like, things like Evo, for things like CapCup, uh, LCQ, right? You do hear all, all the time, you hear these stories about, like, these are the four guys that, like, the entire local scene, you know, pulled money together to, to ship them out, right? Like, that's, like, that's the story every year. And, uh, I don't know, it makes me, talking, I get this way when I talk to EU players the most, because, like, your scene isn't, like, London, like, Maybe, like, a specific country scene isn't strong, but, like, the region of Europe as a whole is. And so it's super bizarre to me when you guys go from two premieres to one. Right? Like, y'all have an Evo... Y'all have more than a few Evo champions, but y'all can only have two premieres. Yeah, it's... uh, And they... We've got good events as well. I think that's the other thing. And all the Americans that come across here and say, like, we've got really well-run events, really enjoyable events. Um, yeah, like, Brussels Challenge is still going to kick it off, I think, this time around, and that's still going to be massive. Um, 
and the mix up and things like that. They're really cool events, really enjoyable. And we took we uh, took Kumite yeah. away from you guys. We put it in Japan. Yeah. We we even took Kumite away. Oh man. But I uh, oh, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, I'm really interested to see what else they announce though, because it does seem like there's still got there's got to be loads of stuff kept back this time around. And nah, like, sorry, we're just trying to delete Europe off the map. We've decided that <laughs> you guys aren't allowed. I mean, as the chat is saying, you know, we got to give the U.S. the chance. Like, man, I, I I love how like when I have Americans on my show, I get like five viewers, and I get when I get Europeans <laughs> on, like all y'all come out the woodwork, uh, yeah, and and y'all troll my country, <laughs> like y'all troll the host. I don't get it. Like, <laughs> look, I understand that my country can't win tournaments. All right, it's fucking hard. See, this is this is why you've got to keep us down. That's the problem. <laughs> Because y'all are fucking rowdy, jeez. That's it. We travel. That's it. We're, we're the first ones doing stage invasions and all the rest of it, you know. <laughs> but uh, this is what happens when you put your esports division in California. Is Europe gets wiped off very slow now. Nah, so, <laughs> Ooh, I, I mean, they... it. I I would love to be a fly on the room of some of these premier decisions. For like, I mean, like the one thing I love about the Tekken World Tour. And the Dragon Ball World Tour was that it forced me to to fight my base instinct. So my base instinct was like, oh, man, it sucks that there's not more American events. And I was like, for, for a world tour, right? I was like, man, there's only like three American events. Like, what is this shit? And then I like stopped myself and I was like, wait, it is a world tour. It needs to take place in more than America. And I love that about Tekken and Dragon Ball. And I, it looks like Soul Calibur is also going to be that way of, like, actually a world tour and not just, like, 10 American events and, like, 10 non-American events. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the Baseball World Series of the FGC is what you're looking for. Basically, right? right? But, like, <laughs> but then, like, you know, Street Fighter is, like, the only tour that's like, nah, let's have, like, 15 NA events and 15 non-NA events. And you're kind of like, what? What, what happened? What, what happened yeah. to the... To, isn't it the Capcom... Well, in fairness, Capcom doesn't call it the Capcom World Tour. It's the Capcom Pro Tour. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like a golf thing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's fine. It doesn't matter where it is as long as it's got professionals. Uh, I mean, on the on the Tekken thing as well, like the, the dojo system shown that there's appetite in a lot of underrepresented countries uh, for what's going on there. When you looked at where where the dojos were happening it was there was big dojos happening in morocco there was dojos obviously happening all over the uk and stuff like that pakistan was massive for dojos um they actually pushed them to put majors together and things like that so i really hope street fighter gets something similar where we can go right if you put it in our hands we'll actually give you something because i think the uk would at the very least put loads together uh, i to think be a part of it I I think the dojo is probably the best thing in the FGC of twenty. Like if you were to ask me, like it can't be it can't be like Arslan or Idom, and it can't be like a specific you know like top eight or anything. If you were like, what's the thing that got introduced into the FGC in twenty nineteen that wins like the best of the FGC award? Uh, I think it's the dojo system. I think the dojo system definitely empowered a lot of communities that didn't have power before uh it drew in so many people right like i even know people who are like running the atlanta dojos that like we got so many new people 
showing up because they heard that like they could get actual meaningful points out of it right uh i think the dojos is probably i i i really i agree with you and uh, i think chat said it too that like i'll be really sad if the world warrior challenge isn't something similar to dojos because yeah. it's a missed opportunity like it was huge, yeah. Like I, I entered my first Tekken major this season. Ooh. Because it was going on. So I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Uh I started going to Tekken at my locals because of that as well. Like before then I would go to Street Fighter, you know, Tekken would be there, but I wouldn't be taking part and I'd go up. You know, it's so easy to make an excuse about Tekken and go, Oh well, it's a super technical game. I am not gonna learn enough to play it and take part in that. Yo, just but play King. Just play King. Then you, you have Jaguar Step. You don't need to Korean backdash when you have Jaguar Step. That's it, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm playing uh, uh, Feng at the moment, and that's a similar thing. He's actually got, like, a one-button DVD, yeah. so... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but you start entering that stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm suddenly putting down more money at my local, just going, you know what? This is this is a dojo event. I can I can enter this. This is going to be a big event. There could be points in it for me, or, you know, it's just going to be exciting anyway. We've started doing stream coverage for that reason at our Ooh. local and things like that. It's really grown to us, and, you know... They've not had to do anything now because not had to put their hands in their pockets. Like Rick didn't have to speak to us as much. He was architecting all the dojo stuff. You know, there was no engagement there. There was just this is on the table. Apply for it if you want to do it. Uh, and already that was enough for like massive growth in, in a lot of scenes. Okay, so um, you know we're we're getting towards towards the hour mark. Uh, so <laughs> chat since y'all are here and actually active for once, uh, <laughs> because you know sometimes my chat is whack. Do y'all have any questions for Wireman? Obviously, we can't ask about the, the, the deep lore, about the name. Uh, but y'all can ask anything. It doesn't mean that it'll end up in the episode, but you guys can ask. All right, first question. What is 2020 looking like for you? Like, what is your, I assume, like, what your first couple events might be? What do you plan on doing? So there's that thing, like I was saying, that, like, the UK, we don't have as many events this year. We've got Versus Fighting in Birmingham, mm -hmm. uh, which, yeah, like, that, that's a no-brainer. It's a really good event um it, it brings a lot of games in and stuff like that as well uh probably the the most games in one place that we've got in the uk so it's 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 worth it just for that and it's a good laugh i think i might be going over to the states this year but this is one of the things where this year when when you're talking about a european going over to the states i'm looking at combo break i'm not necessarily looking at evo you know Ooh, you got going... called out by chat they're asking why you are wearing uiu gear and not reason gear so this is a really comfy hoodie. I've got a, I've got a reason hoodie. It's just and that's uh, most FGC. I'm gonna I'm gonna call him out so that if you know who he is, you can uh, have a word with your mate. I I started doing this thing a while ago. I, I I'm like only really kind of stocking up my wardrobe now with t-shirts and hoodies that that put money in the FGC because I don't really care about my clothes or anything like that. I'm not that kind of person. So it's just a thing I started doing. <laughs> But uh, the UIU stuff, though, that hit us hard with the, the VAT in the UK. Like, you, you pay mm -hmm. a lot of surprise charges when you try to order off UIU, so. <laughs> uh, uh, your other question is, what do you think the biggest thing in the UK, the UK can do to boost locals further, excluding circuit stuff like dojos and that? And that is Leon Messi. Leon Massey? Yeah. Uh, from the Manchester? Merseyside FGC, I think. But uh, yeah, he's, he does some good content. I like your tweets, man. Um, it's tough. I think he actually nailed it in a YouTube video a while ago. One of the things that we struggle with in the UK is the findability of events. Like uh, 
the Newcastle uh, FGC. Like a lot of people actually find us through Facebook, uh, and I think that's quite normal these days. Is if you're not part of the FGC and you don't know that Twitter and Discord uh, are the main points of contact these days, you're gonna go to Facebook first. And if you don't have a presence there, it's really really hard. I know Top Tier, uh, Top Tier tried yeah. really hard to kind of bring some of that together. Again, it relies on other people to inform Top Tier. So there's, there's still not a robust enough way to find your locals. I know so many people who say they haven't got a local, and they probably do. They just don't realize. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why even, you know, you got to give Joe Super Joe Monday uh, credit because he has that super, he has the local index yeah. on the Reddit. But, like, if you don't know about the Reddit, like, that's the thing. Like, that's it. If you're, like, people think that Reddit's this big thing, but I still think it's, like, a relatively nerdy thing like people might have heard of like relationship advice or something like normal people but like regular people aren't gonna be like oh man i'm like kind of into street fighter so let me see if there's a street fighter edit they're like i guess i'll check facebook because that's where events are or i'll check like eventbrite those are like the two places that people look for events and if they don't see anything on there they just assume it doesn't exist because like the average person doesn't use twitter the way like you and i do right no, that's it. Like they follow even, celebrities even and then they tweet when they're like mad at a company and that's that's about it. So like Oh yeah. It, and then like we as the FGC were like, oh man, Twitter, like that's a great way to get everything out here. You know, Discord channels for our characters. Uh, you know, the Reddit, right? And then when they're like, Why haven't we had a new person come to the local in like five months? That that's your answer. Yeah, like we had the so I first heard of the Newcastle FGC uh, because it was a poster in a comic book store that we had here, <laughs> like, you know, uh, but I wouldn't have heard about it otherwise. And that that's, yeah, that, that was always the thing. Even looking back at 2013, when I started going to London events, I only went to the London events that had like kind of uh, got in my way. You know, I, I wasn't outwardly looking for things because you didn't know if you're looking for a local, you don't know if you're on Facebook or on Twitter whether people advertising with a decent poster, whether that's just some guy in a pub who's got a PlayStation in the back, or if that's a legitimate event with <laughs> hardcore players that want to get each other better at, at a game, you know, you don't know until you've done that sort of stuff. So if you haven't got a network, that's still really hard. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. I hope everyone in the UK, we've got most of the events I've noticed, but I hope everyone is updating things like top tier uh, and adding uh, UK game events as well. Uh, there's a, a Twitter account that, that mm -hmm. retweets everybody's stuff um but yeah I mean, it's just findability yeah i mean so like and this is for you too chat uh the first season of the neutral i did put out that if you had a community event that you wanted me to shout out to hit me up on twitter because even though my show isn't that big you know occasionally an episode or two does get a lot of views on youtube and it does hope people out so if y'all eu cats Got some stuff you want me to shout out, you know, next episode. Hit me up and I will put it out there. We have one other question for you. And that's from uh, Mr. Brandon Wrightwell, uh, who asks, how big was Gfinity for you guys in the EU scene? And do you think SFL should structure themselves the way Gfinity did? Oh man, like yeah, I could talk forever about that one. I won't, but uh, yeah. So I, I was I, I was a child of the Gfinity stuff. Obviously, I came in in season two. I was there for season two and season three, and I was still in the background in season four. Uh, it was massive for us. It wasn't uh, it wasn't life or death. So when it went away, I think a lot of us thought, oh well, that's gonna be it. 
the bubbles burst was it was a common term it wasn't that much but the amount of a boost it gave us was actually huge so obviously i got into reason which is like the uh, i think the oldest like the longest standing esports uh, org in the uk and then went from there to vitality which is like one of the biggest orgs in the world like you don't mm-hmm. have to have heard of much in esports to have heard of Vitality. And if I brought up Vitality, people were like, oh, the Rocket League guys, or oh, the League of Legends guys. I used to get yeah. people would just come and talk to me if I was wearing that hoodie about League of Legends. And I was like, I- I've got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, it gave us exposure to, to that side of things. Uh, there was a lot of learning for a lot of us. So um, I-, I don't know if anyone really has ever talked about it, but we had like... Uh, a publicist that would give us advice that was there and that would tell us how to tweet and things like that so we had like a big induction day and she was like really helpful internet folks yo we'll just wait you're back kind of i'm back yep so you had a publicist right. who taught you yes yeah, so, it's so- so she came on the first day and she was explaining to us how to handle ourselves, how to actually talk online better and things like that, how to actually build brands for ourselves. So there was a lot of extra stuff there. I think we took that for granted because I don't think many people actually jumped on to the kind of free stuff that Gfinity was giving us to help them promote. But yeah, so even just outside of that. So it was great for like bringing attention to a lot of our players, but it was also really good for leveling those players up. Guys like Pax and stuff like that have gone on now and are doing stuff with Red Bull and things like that. That's because they learned that they had to like jump at those opportunities and they were taught how to carry themselves when they were going for them things. So no, massive, massive uh, support there. I was a bit gutted when I saw SFL and I saw that it wasn't franchise teams and it was like, well, it was like internal teams and things like that. I think it, it takes some of the excitement out of it because how do you build loyalty behind frost for example you know there's, there's yeah. nothing there i because i think i mean so like there i will say that overall i thought sfl was a great thing oh um, really well done yeah, i yeah. know a lot of people weren't a big fan of character bands but then you got some really funny storylines right like i think if i think people wouldn't have realized how hard samurai was popping off if there <laughs> was no laura ban right like if you didn't have yeah. the the free laura joke I don't think people would have paid like because Samurai's a workhorse, right? Like he's gonna get the job done regardless. And but if he has Idom always winning on Laura, I don't know how many people would have realized how strong he was. Yeah, that's yeah. just but, my personal opinion. I don't think you would have noticed him. He would just be the guy that always comes into work, punches in his time card, does his job, leaves. Right. Um, I think that. Uh, it should have stayed the same captains for each season. Uh, maybe then you build... I mean, like, first of all, it was perfect that Nephew, uh, the the Coilin player, was Team Frost. Thought that oh, was yeah. pretty great. <laughs> um, I thought having the Laura player be Team Storm was pretty great, right? Like, I think that they dropped the ball on at least keeping that the same. Um, mm. But overall, I mean, I get what you're saying that, like, you know bringing teams in but it it seems that capcom esports um isn't super interested in like esport esports yeah they were trying to achieve the same thing like what what the gfinity uh elite series and this is my own assumption this isn't i've never been told this but it looked like the elite series was there to advertise gfinity because gfinity actually does a bunch of stuff they do like halo can just go along and go 
we want you to run run our league for us. And Gfinity has the skills and all the rest of it, and they do that. And I think the Elite Series advertised that they did that uh, to people like FIFA and Formula One and things like that. Yeah, um, so I think I think so for yeah, Capcom, like also like with the way, so like Gfinity was smart and being like, oh, you don't have an FGC division fanatic. Well, like if we tell you we're doing this thing and we're gonna help you promote it, would you make, would you pick up like three FGC players, right? So like even Gfinity knew that like they had to incentivize these traditional orgs to like have a team, but like in the US, like how do you convince? tsm to like (laughs) make to like sign three fighting game players right like how do you convince you know cloud nine to sign like that's the other thing like europe has some of these like actual i will say like country uh esports teams right like fanatic is like pretty known vitality uh what they're back uh you know like a lot of these orgs are kind of like country ride or die and that's because of the way sponsorships work in and like marketing works in europe that like it's really hard to get like french marketers to care about uh a team that plays in like germany like this is something i've heard from like the eu lcs teams a lot is that like Mm -hmm. getting sponsors is really hard because like you know even if we call europe a region there's still country-based marketing and so, like, how do you convince a French brand to, like, want to market themselves on a program that's, like, aired on Twitch and is based in Germany? Like, Yeah, that's it. You've got language barriers, uh, a lot of legal barriers over here. Yeah. If you ever watch the Formula One and you see that just the way they have to change how the sponsors are displayed on the cars, depending on the country they're in. And yeah, so, like, like, it's a lot easier. So, that's why, like, I view, like... I view Fnatic as an EU team, right? It's not just an EU team because it plays in the EU LCS. Like, everything they do is EU forward. Same with, like, Vitality, Rogue. Um, you know, I mean, Schalke has, like, even, like, with the football clubs that have uh, esports divisions now. Whereas in the US, I don't view any of them as, like, North American orgs. Like, they are North American in the sense that they're, like, based in North America, but, like... They'll grab players from anywhere. Oh, yeah, They'll... yeah. Leffen's definitely not an American player. Like, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, like, it's... Inter- so, like, my, my thought process is that, like, I, I guarantee you at some point, Capcom was like, maybe we try to do the Gfinity thing? And then they might have reached out to some teams, and some of these teams are just like, lol, you want us to sign three players? <laughs> it was six players in Gfinity. Oh, wow. Lol, you want us to sign six players? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, and because uh, of how inflated esports, like, and here's the other problem, right? Like, yeah, paychecks and paychecks and esports in Europe is a little different than paychecks and esports in the U.S. Um, so I could just imagine, uh, knowing like how some of these American FGC players know how much like the league players get paid them like getting into the bargaining room with like a team and being like yo so you're gonna pay me like a million dollars right and that team's <laughs> like to play street fighter you sure uh mm. we did experience uh we did experience that as well though so like that was one of the things with gfinity that was interesting was it was the first time that you had the fgc and, and esports interacting in a and in a an inescapable way because you had rocket league teammates and things mm-hmm. like that so we were actually there as teammates turning up the same weekend as people 
at least in the teams I was in, we were talking to each other and like hanging out and stuff like that. And yeah, there was there was clearly disparity there and a lot of confusion. Like the managers didn't know what to do with us compared to what they knew what to do with the other guys. Yo, Gibbs, you're getting timed out. Gibbo, you're getting timed out. That was uncalled for. That was some, <laughs> that was some uncalled for nonsense. I've been upsetting Gibbo a little bit lately, so that might have been... Uh... He he said you can tell Cloud9 is a North American org because they can't get that W. <laughs> uh, I thought it was something against me because I've been upsetting Gibbo a little bit lately. I'm pretty sure... Yeah. Gibbo, I'm pretty sure the winners of of uh, Season 1 Overwatch was was who? Was was the London Spitfire, who was who's owned by who? Oh, Cloud9! Right, 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 right. And, like, who won the Boston Major? Oh, oh, right, it was Cloud9! Like, but we can't get the W. Oh, that's right, that's right, we good, we good, we good, we good, we good, we good, we good. We good. I see you, Gibbo. Let's see you come back in the chat again. Let's see. I see you. Uh, you're fighting against Aberdeen tenacity there, mind you. He will keep coming at you. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Yeah. London Spitfire. The e Yo, with South Korean players, though. Y'all can't claim that shit. Nice try. Nice try. That was confusing as well. How do we get brand loyalty over a London team that's got nothing to do? But anyway, that's it. Yeah. I, I mean, I so... No, we, we can have that talk because I love talking about this. Like, <laughs> except for national teams, right? Like... I'm a New York Yankees fan. I don't know why. Shit's really tough. Um, but, like, not everybody on my team is from New York. Nah. Right? Uh, like, like, I guarantee you there's some people on Newcastle who are not from Newcastle. Yeah, we got a lot of French players. <laughs> yeah, but you still root for Newcastle, don't you? Uh, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, the, the... but, no, there's no buts. Yeah, you still root for Newcastle. Uh, have you been to Newcastle? Like I mean, the, the, yes, I the have. Way, the so. way football works, I think. Uh, yeah, the way football works is like you, you, you support your team, and it's an important thing, and it's got a lot more to do than it's not just the players. It really is that you are you are walking with your city. It's quite a big deal. Uh, I'm just saying, yo, you can't you can't be like, oh, London Spitfires <laughs> made out of out of Koreans, like. I'm a New York Excelsior fan. I don't think there's a single American <laughs> on my team. But, yo, I'll take uh, my Ws. But then again, I'm a New York Yankees fan. And, like, we we invented buying people. And then Chelsea stole that method from us. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm an Arsenal fan. My life is hard always. I, oh, I, oh. I don't that pick good sports that. teams, all right? Like, I just... <laughs> My, my my sports existence is suffering, and I just accept it. Except for my <laughs> national football team. Germany's a good team. Sometimes. Yeah, we don't get along with them. <laughs> but, uh, hey, it's, uh, it is it is what it is. You know, maybe you guys <laughs> could be good one day. Maybe you guys could, like, be good at the sport you invented. So, well, we invented all of the sports. That's the other daft thing, right? We invented cricket, <laughs> arguably. We invented golf. Well, Scotland invented golf, you know. Uh, all these sports we, uh, yeah, we housed. I'm, but, I'm uh, just saying that, like, y'all invented a shit ton of sports, <laughs> and, like, y'all aren't very good at a lot of them. No, our women are. Our yeah. Women are. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, I mean, like, England would have come, come out with, at me in this chat, but, like, maybe y'all should be good at your own sports first. Y'all should try some things. 
Like, like come to me the... when you guys win a World Cup for the first time in like forty nice years. Full European stream chat. Just you know, <laughs> be nice. <laughs> oh no, the stream chat knows that I love them. Probably, maybe. I hope y'all do. I appreciate anybody that comes out that supports the show. Um, but we've been going at this for like an hour twenty. Uh, and I know it's like 120, 118 yeah. by you. Uh, and the same for like all of you goons in this chat. Uh, it's probably getting late. So, um, I mean, most of these goons are here because of you. So I'm going to tell you to shout out your socials for the YouTube crowd and the, and the, and <laughs> the, and the, uh, the, uh, podcast. But, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, it's it's at behind the wires on Twitter. That's that's the only real place you need to find me. I'm on everything, but that's the only place that I'll I'll talk. Um, but yeah, what I what I'd really appreciate is if people do what a lot of them are already doing, which is just tagging me in on stuff uh, that I can then thunderclap on on a Wednesday. You know, uh, I'm really looking for a lot of charity events and things like that that I can retweet and stuff like that. Uh, I know a lot of them go on. I don't get to I don't get to see all of them and, and shout them out as much. So if you if you know charity events going on, please add us with those. Uh, and again, locals, we're trying to make things more findable in Europe. Uh, and that's it. I also, I'm, I've been writing for um, the players' lobby recently. You can see my nice. stuff over there. Um, so yeah, recently I've done interviews with Kami, uh, Cuddlecore, Bolt Strike. Uh, got a couple more on the way as well. Uh, so yeah, you can find my stuff there as well. All right. Uh, I got to tell you the last thing that Gibbo said, which is Scotland is phenomenal at our own national sports, like throwing logs, drinking lots, etc. That's fair. You oh, guys yeah. are very good at those those things. The Highland Games, you get that in America, don't you? I think that's on like ESPN three or something like that. Uh, it's on like the Ocho or something. Like it's on one of the <laughs> fake ESPNs. Uh, <laughs> uh, y'all know how to find me. It's at Amanda T N Stevens. Uh, that is me on Twitter. That's also my email if you guys ever want to, like, suggest people to be on the show. Um, you guys can follow me at Sage Gnosis everywhere else because that's my gamer tag. So that's the Twitch channel, which you guys are already here. So you guys are already here on Twitch. Just, like, do that for, like, YouTube, Instagram, all of that. It's the same It's the same tag. Uh, behind Mr. Wireman, it was a great having you. Uh, yeah, thank, you thank you EU goons for showing up in my chat I appreciate you guys so much <laughs> I'm glad that you enjoyed the show I hope you guys hit me with the follow uh, next week we are going to have Alexander Leon he's a smash writer but we're going to be talking uh, This is gonna, it's going to be less about him and more about uh, money in the FGC because you know both scenes smash and fighting games talk a lot about uh, player sponsorship and stuff like that so we're going to have an honest conversation about that and then the week after that is Kizzy K. So if any of you guys follow those uh, anime fighters, y'all know who Kizzy K is. So that's going to be a sick episode. So, you know, next week, Alexander Lee, if you want to have be part of a discussion about sponsorships and money and fighting games, I really think you guys will enjoy that. You guys should check it out. And then, like I said, the week after that is Kizzy K. And the first YouTube exclusive episode is going to be probably with Vicious. So the first YouTube exclusive, meaning it won't be a live show, uh, will be Vicious. Uh, so that's going to be a good episode. And then after Vicious, the next uh, YouTube exclusive is going to be Persia. And I'm trying to get shit going with F Word. So, like, definitely make sure you're following the YouTube if you guys want to, you know, catch some dope uh, exclusive content there. So until next time, go beyond plus ultra and peace.
Where's my mouse? It's on one of my monitors. 